0: Hello and welcome to the Who Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing a little bit in advance of New Year's Eve. Bear with us, because we have a little special thing that we do at the end of every calendar year. Joining me from the East Coast, Tim Bontemps. Hello, fellas. And joining us from Texas, where he's I'm sure headed for a big New Year's Eve celebration, is Ben McMahon.
1: Howdy, partners. My celebration will not consist of leaving the couch.
0: Hmm, interesting that could go a lot of ways um all right so we like to do taking uh since adam silver is such a big fan of uh world soccer proper football as it was and since the nba has now embraced uh you know cups uh such as they are uh we several years ago came up with our unofficial baller door which is fashioned after the Ballon d'Or which is the award given every year to the top international soccer player and it takes into account not just the play within the players league but in international cups and competitions and so this is a great year to do this where we take into account everything the player did in the calendar year so that would be what he did last end of last NBA season into the playoffs this summer where there was a World Cup that took place in the Philippines and of course this fall where we have an extra uh, little competition to consider, which is the uh, NBA cup that was handed out in Las Vegas uh, a few weeks ago. So it's actually a more, it was a little, when we first started doing this a couple of years ago, it was basically like you're taking the, you know, the guy who won the, you know, the finals MVP, but it's a little bit more uh, complex of a honor, still prestigious. I agree. I think um, Durant won the first one we did a couple of years ago and Steph Curry, took the very prestigious honor for 2022. For 2023, I give the uh, first nomination to uh, Mr. Bontemps.
2: I will make it pretty simple and go with Nikola Jokic. Broke through in the playoffs, won his first championship, answered all the questions about him in terms of whether he could drive winning in the postseason, managed to you know get Denver all the way to the championship, uh then went and partied with his horses all summer in serbia (laughs) uh maybe one of my favorite pictures of the entire entire calendar year was him at yonkers raceway in the bronx this past week when they were in town to play the nets just taking in the trotters on an off night definitely the uh only nba nba mvp to go see the trotters and yonkers i think ever in the history of the racetrack
0: did bob Pettit Um, ever do that
2: good question possibly i'm gonna probably say no but Mm -hmm. Uh, you never know, but yeah, I think, you know, obviously the international tournament was interesting this year. There's a a few guys you could nominate from that, but none of them, I think had the same overall impact that Jokic did on a league and certainly their run through the playoffs, especially in terms of his historical importance for him winning that championship, winning finals MVP, or, you know, filling in that line on his resume, which is quickly becoming one of the all-time greats makes
1: him the pretty easy first nomination for me.
0: All right, McMahon, what do you got? I'm
1: going to go a little bit outside the box here considering I that love it. he did not play in the NBA playoffs, but I'm going to go with Shea Gilgis-Alexander, first team All-NBA for the first time, certainly is uh, on track to be first team All-NBA for the second time this year. And uh, in between the NBA seasons, starred for the Canadian national team and uh, those fellas... Got a podium finish in the World Cup, as you chronicled, Mr. Vindhurst. Uh, I I would say he was the best NBA player in the World Cup. (laughs) Or at least had the best performance of any NBA player in the World Cup. I know Bontemps ruffled the feathers of a whole bunch of uh, my neighbors by declaring that he was just straight up the best NBA player in the competition over Luka Doncic. But Gildas Alexander was unbelievable throughout that. Uh, it was a historic run for Canada, which has had a shocking lack of success as a men's basketball program. So uh, SGA will get my nomination.
0: Uh, very a very good pick. I was actually going to go with SGA because I was assuming you were going to go with the guy. I'll go with here, which is Luca, who he didn't have as good of a showing for the Slovenian national team as he had in the Tokyo games uh, where they just narrowly missed meddling. However, when this sort of takes into account everything that Luca does, and frankly, there was a lot of top players. Shea Gildas Alexander wasn't one of them, but there were a lot of top players who after having, you know, semi-deep playoff runs, although Luca didn't <laughs> Did have any happen. playoff run, but I think even if he had, he would have played. Oh, Luka, would...
1: If, if Luca can walk, he plays for the Slovenian national team. He's made yes. that absolutely clear
0: and while the nugget while the uh maverick season last spring ended very much on a disappointing note when he basically had to be browbeaten into letting go of the rope he he yeah. was not gonna tank but uh it was explained to him what uh, what tanking meant and i'm sure you know in retrospect he uh he agrees with it but he it was not his fault that the Mavericks were in the situation that they were in, Montempsis or I mean McMahon, not so sure about that, but he had a he had a very good season.
1: So here's here's what I'm going to say. Number one on the tanking decision, I think now that Derek Lively the second looks like a first team All Rookie guy who's going to be a perfect pick and roll partner for Luca for as long as Luka's in Dallas, and that is the guy they ended up getting with the pick that they tanked to keep. I I, I think he's okay with the decision now.
0: Right, but then he wasn't then he what was the, he, he, what yeah, did he I, say it, did, didn't he declare I'm not a tanker or said something like that?
1: Uh, I don't remember the exact quote, but when the trial balloon was floated, Luca popped that balloon for sure, um, and then they did it anyways, and he, and he basically says, "I don't like it. you know he, he he was not a fan of it. again, the problem wasn't that they made that decision. The problem was that decision made sense, and look the the the, the issue that I have here. Putting Luca in this conversation is the 2023 part of last season for Luca wasn't great. He was dealing with that thigh thing. You know, he he wasn't in great shape. Um, his defense was atrocious. Um, missed a bunch of games. Now, to Luca's credit, he has really made condition a priority. He's hired his own staff, taken Strength coach from Slovenia, you know, the uh, one of the, uh, I don't know the exact title, but a guy he worked with with Real Madrid. He's got a nutritionist, chef. He's in much better shape. He's off to an unbelievable start this year. I mean, the guy has 50 and 15 on Christmas night. And it's not like a shock. <laughs> I mean, he's ridiculous. And he did, you know, he he was a force for Slovenia uh, that lost its only other player. Before, uh, the oh, I'm sorry, the only other NBA player, Vlako Chanchar. Uh, lost him before the world cup actually even started. So,
0: right. So I'm 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 you're right. I the the last spring was not a strong part of Lucas case, but I respect him playing in the world cup when so many other of the, the, the top players did not, including Jokic, which I get it when Jokic made the decision not to play for for um Serbia, which Probably cost them the gold. They finished. I mean, they with got. The they,
2: I was going to say they won the silver. And he didn't yeah. play, so safe yeah. to I assume know. they would have been the heavy
1: favorites if he played. Yes. I think Daniels also, would have shut him down in that. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, the, the Germans who won were pretty great. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Dennis Schroeder wants to know why he hasn't been mentioned yet. Well, he listen, was the MVP. Yeah, but the, the the thing about you know I you know Jokic, and we've talked about this before. <clears throat> I think Jokic was saying like I just had a long season. I'm hoping to play next summer for Serbia. And um, and then I'm yeah. on the conclusion at the end of another, what I hope is a long season. And he made a judgment call. Uh, Victor Wembanyama, would made the same decision. He was thinking of how it stacked up. And really the Serbians did an incredible thing under far odds, winning one of the European bids yeah. so that Jokic wouldn't have to go play their way into the 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 Olympics which is what Luca is facing that's what Slo- facing
1: that's how Luca punched his ticket the previous time right. uh, when he had that 31 point triple double in Lithuania to beat the Lithuanians to, to claim the bid and then was ridiculous he's probably uh,
0: gonna have to do it again because the way the draw set up that for the um the final qualifying for the Olympics the Slovenians will ha- will play uh, amongst six teams in Greece -hmm with Greece obviously is in there and I don't know whether Giannis will be able will be in a health position to play the Bucks are obviously in position to have a long playoff run um he might have to beat Giannis uh in Athens uh (laughs) to to make it to Paris but I respect that Luca played and they did by the way advance to the round of eight which at the World Cup is a major accomplishment the French the uh, reigning uh, Olympic silver medalists didn't make the round of eight. The Australians, the reigning Olympic bronze medalists didn't make the round of eight. Um, So Luca got them into the quarterfinals with some dominant play and that carries. And he's also had a very good fall. Is this like a snake? Do I get to now make another, or do I have to
1: put out if if you want to, let me just point out real quick though. We're talking about his commitment to the Slovenian program even after they were eliminated from the medal rounds, he played in those games. And, and when he, those games have what some some influence on the seeding of the Olympic qualifying tournaments or whatever?
0: Yes. Yes. That, that
1: that's how committed. He was he, he
0: was he was getting ejected yeah. from those games, right. but he did start them. That's no, yeah. <laughs> that's
1: right. Luca, I tell you what, man, nobody specializes in the last minute tee like Luka Doncic, whether it's for Slovenia or Dallas. Right. All right.
0: Are we are we doing the snake uh
2: you know, I love if this you name. want, if you want, all right. you got another name.
0: I would like to nominate Mr. LeBron James for the baller door. Oh, sure.
2: One of three guys I had in my head for the pick for, I was going to just name three guys if it went around to me. So <laughs> yeah, he should definitely be on the list. Uh,
0: who led uh, a charge through the play in tournament last year, Lakers, you know, pulling some upsets in we're the starting
2: first. with him we're all oh, the play-in tournament sorry i was i was thinking of the the thing that just won i was like we're starting with the, the well
0: in season tournament that's you know that's the, that's the thing the the what's on the tournament. list i just wasn't thinking it wouldn't be first yes. but i, I messed uh, up in my head and then was you know had some awesome performances throughout the playoffs lakers reached the um Western Conference Finals. I can't remember how that Conference Finals played out. I don't. Hey, right, no. If
1: we're talking about his resume, the most competitive sweep <laughs> in NBA history. Certainly, you got to give him credit for that. We um,
2: also, by the way, broke what was seemingly an unbreakable record, which is what I first thought of, which is yeah. set in the all-time
1: scoring mark back in February. Oh, that, that, that did happen this calendar
0: came, year. Yeah. yeah. He,
1: did, he came back from a significant foot injury. That's right. To carry them on, or lead them on that playoff run. Yes. it's season tournament MVP. I mean, he's got an impressive resume. Yes. You know? And
0: then came out and won the MVP and led the Lakers to the first ever in season uh, tournament, the NBA cup. I mean, that has weight on this award. We have to be honest. So we didn't do this back in the day where LeBron was, you know, you know, going to the finals for eight straight years and, you know, getting to the, uh, you know, getting Olympic gold medals. My guess is he would have a few of these as well, but I mean, he's a strong, you know, he may, you know, we'll see whether he, uh, you know, he's made some noise about wanting to play for Team USA. We'll see how his health is uh, next year in Paris. But, like, um, you know, like, the idea that LeBron is still of, you, know, you know, you can still be seen as a guy who could win this type of honor. Not that it, I mean, we're making it up that it exists in an official capacity. Like, he's a genuine contender yeah. to win it if they gave it out. It wouldn't be, like, a legacy. Like, he would get it. And that, I mean, he would have a real chance to win it. And that is uh, saying something. So well, um, I, I,
1: He's definitely a candidate. And I do believe before we, before we get to uh, Team USA, we're going to have to get our way through the uh, what's going to become the annual, oh, my gosh, is LeBron going to retire decision. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get a good week of drama and uh, you know first take ratings out of that. For Very, sure. good. Very good. <laughs> but no, LeBron is absolutely a legitimate candidate, uh, which at the ripe old age of about to be 39 is pretty incredible.
0: Uh, okay, McMahon, I think it's your turn.
1: Uh, I'm going to go with the NBA MVP who has followed that up by having an even better season. Uh, certainly disappointing that the Sixers weren't able to make a deep playoff run, but Joel Embiid was a deserving MVP and he's having the best year of his career so far coming off of that averaging 35 points per game, spent his summer getting married. And sifting through his options uh, for which national team he wanted to play for. So he, he didn't participate in the World Cup, but USA, USA, USA going forward. But, I mean, uh, is, he, is he still, this season, does he still have more points than minutes? Pretty incredible. Yes, he does. Pretty yes, incredible. he does.
2: Yeah, I mean, he, he's been great. I mean, because I, I, to me, the way we look at this award, at least to me, it's when you think back on the year right? Who was the player who had the biggest impact slash is the one that you'll remember the most from the year. So no disrespect to guys like Dennis Schroeder and Franz Wagner from that German national team had an unbelievable run winning the gold medal. I don't think they quite are on the level. Agree. Um, so the one, the one other guy that I think we need to nominate before we really figure out who we're going to have in the top three and who's going to win is Jimmy Butler with what he did in the playoffs, knocking off the Milwaukee Bucks as an 8 seed in the first round knocking off the Celtics in the conference finals obviously getting that Miami Heat being back to the finals again beating those teams the way he did even some of the nonsense with his media day stuff with the picture stuff like <laughs> he has he has really made himself you know a guy that has you know stepped up in the biggest moments and has dragged that heat team farther than it was supposed to be on numerous occasions now and You know, obviously I'm a little biased because I was at game five in Milwaukee and I covered, you know, games in both the second against the Knicks and that whole Celtics heat series. But Jimmy's play was awfully impressive and I think is really the only other guy that merits consideration to be in the top three.
0: All right. I have a couple of honorable mentions. These guys really can't win it, but I think they should be mentioned. One is Tyrese Halliburton, who played so strongly for the Pacers last year. Uh, I believe he made his first all-star team with the Pacers last um, year in Salt Lake. Um, then uh, he was a very strong contributing player for Team USA over the summer. Who uh, He came off the bench, but he, in some of the games, was their first or second best player and was terrific. And then obviously has had a terrific fall and um, made the all-tournament team for the in-season tournament, led the Pacers, to, you know, with a couple of just jaw-dropping performances in the quarterfinals and semifinals of the NBA Cup, in addition to getting the Pacers off to a tremendous start with some great play. So I think Halliburton is a guy who you know he could be, I think he'll be a member of Team USA going forward. I don't know how much of a role he'll play in the Olympics, but he this is the guy who in the future I think could win this award. Um, but it's hard to have a you know guy who didn't make the playoffs last year, which a couple of our guys on here. Um, It was on
2: a disappointing team, USA team, too.
0: Yes, they finished uh, fourth. So, you know, that's a factor. Uh, And also, again, I'm biased to the guys that I, you know, spent so much time with over the summer. But I think Ant Edwards would merit here. He obviously had his first all-star appearance and um, a breakout season that culminated last spring. They missed the playoffs, but um, he was, you know, one of the four or five best players in the uh, in the World Cup certainly in my view team USA's best player. And uh, then he's had a terrific fall for the wolves who are in first place in the Western conference. Uh, Another guy who I think will be a member of team USA for a while. I would argue that he belongs on the team for next summer because of his ability to defend on the perimeter and his ability to score at all three levels, which is so important in any basketball game, but it's particularly that level. And, um, you know, another guy who could, could win it in the future. I don't know if you have anybody, uh, McMahon. I like your
1: nominations. We'll go with that.
0: All right. Bon We're temps. ready
1: for, we're, okay. we're, ready for, we're ready for some. I was, some I was bugs. done
2: when, after I said Jimmy, so I'm okay. good. More hoop collective podcast
1: after this.
0: All right. So what are we, are we going to make, make a, you know, the two out of three carries a day? Are we going to, our I, mean, votes, I, you know? I would
2: say that the three guys who should finish in the top three are Che LeBron and Jokic. Che, even though they didn't make the playoffs, that getting that bronze medal for Canada, leading them past Team USA in the um in the I bronze agree. medal game was a I huge agree. moment for them. He obviously has exploded this year into a top five caliber player, and really from that tournament, the standout performance that I think people will remember. Is Canada winning the bronze medal and Shea playing the way he did in that tournament, whether you want to say he's better than Luca or not? To go back to McMahon's reference to our discussions about that in the summer. LeBron obviously has been omnipresent from the start of the year to the end, setting the record, getting the Lakers to the conference finals, you know, winning the in season tournament for the first time. I do think that has some relevance. Um, and I think Jokic should win. Yeah, I'm yeah, he's banner worthy. Yes. I would have Jokic yes, first. Yes, but he, uh, yeah, I, I, I have to go with the guy first, who,
0: but... who, who raised the banner this year. And by that, I mean LeBron. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yes,
2: exactly. Uh, you know, I, I would have him in that order, Jokic, LeBron, and Shea, because I, I do think Jokic's performance in the playoffs, especially when you look at the historical significance of it, I think, you know, winning Denver its first title, him getting his first title, him getting a finals MVP, breaking through the way he did, that's got some pretty heavy historical historic significance, but I I think LeBron is also worthy. And if you want to have him first, like I would get it. Sounds like some Embiid hate to me.
1: <laughs> Sounds like some Embiid hate to me. Listen, the Big Fellow had a heck of a year. Hey, the guy gives him a, the guy gives him an interview. You know what this is? I tell <laughs> the folks, we're going to peel the curtain back a little bit here. Sure. What just happened is this. Joel Embiid ruined Tim Bontemps' Christmas. Bond no, Tim's- he didn't. There was a no, beautiful Christmas package. That's not the- accurate. Please, the story the- is that yep. the- I do not do this. The piece have is it, going to run at some you point. Hours on Bontemps yet? If not, oh. can I have them? Um, no. What happened? The man gave you an outstanding sit-down interview. There's a beautiful yes, package that was supposed to run on Christmas, and then Embiid hurts his ankle. The Grinch ruined Bontem <laughs> still has to go to Miami, still has to watch it. Well, game. he didn't
0: find that out team. until he landed. Like he landed yes, in Miami for Christmas. The story is still going the the T V
2: piece is still going to run at some point. And Joel had an incredible season, but they lost in the second round of the playoffs. I'm, and he didn't play saying. in he didn't play in the in the World Cup and he didn't play and this team didn't get out of the for out of the group stage of the in season tournament. It's hard to yeah. put him
1: on the same level as yeah. these other people. You're a vindictive little man, Bob Timbs. USWB. <laughs> I don't I'm going to go. Accurate. I'm going to go with Joker. I mean, he did have one of the most dominant playoff runs that we've ever seen. MVP runner up. You know, triple double machine, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, I am going to. I'm going to go ahead and give him B my number two spot. Oh, MVP followed up by being even better the next season. I, I, I look, the NBA season still carries major weight. And then uh, just so I can get under Mac 10 skin, I'm going to go SGA over <laughs> on in the last spot.
0: Um, well, Jokic, I make
1: decisions, which colleagues can I piss off?
0: <laughs> well, you guys have two votes for Jokic. I can't, uh, I can't, the, the winner has been declared, has been decided. Um, he was so brilliant in those playoffs last year and in the finals where he got stronger as these games went on. And it seemed like, even though it's hard to believe that he took even on a bigger role than uh as as the games went on and as the players went went on he just took on more and more because he actually started playing really great defense i mean for him great defense uh he was a factor defensively and you know so even though i think lebron's case is extremely strong um uh neither one of them played the summer which i get they're both maybe going to face each other in the next summer, next summer, next year. The war would be very interesting because we'll have medals, uh, gold Olympic medals in play. But um, I'll go with Jokic as well because I just was so damn impressed with his playoff run, and also he's had a great start to this season as well. Yep. Um, I think uh, you know the the fact that LeBron made the in season tournament such a priority was a gift to the NBA. Um, he is hoping to be in the good graces. I think of the owners who are going to decide whether to let him into that club at some point. So I think he was incentivized in helping the owners get some more money for it, but he, it's one thing to want to do something.
1: And to have a stage in Vegas of all cities,
0: right? It's one thing to want to do something. It's another thing to actually do it, which he has done his whole career. So I'll put him second. And I was blown away, impressed by how awesome Shay was in the uh, In the World Cup, and uh, again, I will say this the The bronze medal game was one of the more exciting games I have seen in several years. Mikhail Bridges made a shot in that game, made a play in that game that is one of the most it, it, I mean if it had happened in the Olympics, it would be regarded as one of the great Olympic moments in in uh, in Olympic history. He executed a solo four point play. And if you ever saw this, if you, I mean, I, I got to tell you, if you haven't seen it, you, you just have to look it up. He purposely missed a free throw, chased down the rebound, did, you know, I don't 270 degrees. He did a spin in the corner and hit a three basically with a second left to take the U S from down four to get him to overtime. Um, I interviewed him after the game. He didn't care about it because they lost. And the reason they lost is because Shade Gilders-Alexander put the U.S. into the ground in the overtime period. And that was such an impressive moment to me because, say what you will, that was the feeling of, like, an NBA Finals. Um, there was all NBA stars out on the court. The one like he was playing in a, in a preliminary game, you know, against a, you know, a group of, you know, G-leaguers. It was all NBA stars going on the court. They really wanted it. You saw how Bridges played. And he just outplayed them all and um you know that was you know extremely you know comparable to him doing that in game seven of a playoff series he could you know i believe he can do it so that was very impressive to me and he he was first team all nba last year Mm -hmm. i mean you make first team all nba you're already on the short list for this award quite frankly so i put him in third on the ballot all right that was fun so Jokic wins it there we go unanimous Jokic, unanimous I don't do the points. Does LeBron finish second, or Shay? I guess Shay would finish second because he wasn't. LeBron wasn't on all no, ballots. I think
2: LeBron. LeBron got two seconds, so I think he would finish second. All right, you're the you're the, you're, it, the you're style.
0: You're, you're better than two better points. Than Four points
2: to three.
0: Good job. All <laughs> right, so before we go in uh, in the new year here, we thought we would um, uh, take a look at some of the storylines that we're looking forward to the the big things that we think are going to be settled in 2024. And I figure, we, again, just uh, go around Robin here. Um, Bontemps, why don't you kick it off?
2: I'll be quick. This is an off-court one. It's a little boring, at least. Uh, f- That's from, what I want. Uh, I
0: want boring. Thank you very well, much.
2: Well, I mean, t- me it's again. not because it's not about the on-court stuff, but it's vitally important in the future of the league, which is the upcoming uh, television deals are going to be done this year. Um, it'll, you know, We'll find out where the games are going to be broadcast for probably most of the next decade. And we'll also find out where the salary cap is going to be for most of the next decade. And if, you know, whether the number comes in two or three or whatever times more than it currently is, that's going to have a huge impact on how teams are operating and where the league is headed could impact whether there's expansion or not, potentially, depending on where the number's at. And expansion could you know we could hear about expansion later this year, depending on how early it gets done. Well, I guess more likely it be 2025. So it's a huge story to watch, and I'm very interested to see how it winds up.
0: Well, I will say this the last time there was a TV deal, it was settled in the fall. It was it didn't go into the new year like it like it is now. And um there was a press conference that was held at the Sheridan Hotel in New York City at All-Star Weekend. And we were both there. We were there, and it was a dark Frigid night, Friday night. Nobody was paying attention really to this press conference. You really had to be an NBA sicko to have any idea this press conference is even going on. And at this press conference, uh, the players' union announced that after surveying their uh, their membership, that they were going to stick to the to the letters of the law and that all of the TV money would come in in the first year, and there would be this the the the, the heretofore known cap spike and that statement which was made by Michelle Roberts the then head of the players union basically created the dynasty you know the um, the word dynasty is sensitive on this one but you know basically created the Golden State Warriors, and altered super, the face yeah, of the
1: league. It created the, the super team version. The super the, team they'd Warriors. They would won 73 games. and a I champion. understand. Yeah, I right. understand. It, had mass, it
2: had massive ripple effects across the league for a variety of reasons. So this is something to monitor in terms of, now that's been legislated out of the next deal, but yes, it, the, bottom line won't is happen. Good, the bottom line is this is an important thing to monitor, and it's going to happen this year.
0: Yes, the important thing is that it may seem like what is really the difference where you watch the games, but the way that is set up had a massive influence, a massive material effect on the, uh, future of, you know, the, the the midterm future of the NBA after that.
1: More hoop collective podcast after this.
0: All right, McMahon, go ahead.
1: Can I get a coffee break first? My God, my eyelids are drooping.
0: (laughs) 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 We're mercy.
1: Well, I was trying to buck it up, and, and just trying to educate you a little bit, man. I mean, dude, I got eight years of college. It's a challenge. How much more education, much more education I mean, you want You me need now? a little bit more, pal. A little Twice. bit more. As smart as most people, eight years. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put this back focus back on basketball, and you know, this season started with the spotlight of the league being on this 76ers saga, and now here we are approaching the midway point. The Sixers and Joel Embiid are rolling. No one's asking who's going to be trading for Joel Embiid anymore, right? The Clippers and James Harden are rolling. I'm going to say the storyline I'm most looking forward to monitoring is these two guys, in my opinion, do have the most pressure to perform in in, in the playoffs, right? They are, I would argue, the two most accomplished players in the league right now who don't have Championships on their resume. Would, would either of you guys argue that point? No? The two
2: most accomplished players, probably. In the yeah, league. probably. Right? yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, probably. You, you know, you, you made maybe Westbrook. It, I mean, Westbrook Embiid, maybe
0: Embiid could have multiple MVPs by this season. right. Yeah.
2: And, and so you made certainly two of the top couple guys, whether they're number one and two or two or three or whatever. You no made question.
0: the
1: point last year uh, about Joker coming off two straight MVPs, having not made. A finals appearance about him having that pressure. He shut your fat mouth up. That's for sure. The man, the man came a few dimes short of averaging a thirty-point triple-double while carrying his team on a playoff run. You know, the the one thing missing from Embiid's resume is, uh, well, I mean, and the Eastern Conference Finals run, much less finals in a championship. But you know, he, there's a decent chance he'll be a two-time MVP going into the playoffs. Harden, a former MVP who he keeps picking where he wants to be. He keeps putting himself in these situations where a championship's a realistic possibility. He's managed to do that again with the Clippers. And, you know, th- there is pressure on him uh, to get it done, especially in his case uh, as he's in the final season of his contract.
0: Well, that kind of goes to what I want to one of the big storylines that I want to watch play out over this season. It's not just who wins the title, because that's obviously important, but it's a bunch of possible free agents in Los Angeles and the sort of short-term future of Los Angeles basketball, because we have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and LeBron James all with the option to become free agents this summer. And James Harden, who's an unrestricted free agent. Now, if I had to wager, I would say that there's a good chance that all of them end up staying put, Mm -hmm. but we don't know. I don't know if the Clippers fail about whether they're going to be willing to offer Kawhi Leonard. And when I say fail, like, you know, don't reach the finals, don't win, whatever. Right. Are they going to be willing to offer those guys though? You know, the four year contracts that they may want at this point, you know, injury prone in their thirties. And maybe at that point, you know, five years in with no championship, uh, really nothing to show for it depending on how they go. Is James Harden going to stay there? Was he have something else? And then, of course, the LeBron thing is sort of—I can't see LeBron not playing for the Lakers. But he has articulated over and over that playing with his son is extremely important. And he has also articulated that he is hoping that, despite the the health, you know, horrifying health scare that Bronny had last year, that that is his priority—priority priority over winning another title. Even I think he has said or intimated or whatever. And. What happens if Bronny doesn't end up on the Lakers? What happens if Bronny ends up someplace else and is on a team that maybe could win and he could play with his son? Uh, the Lakers have limited draft capital. So it's impossible to know what's going to happen now. It's impossible to know what's going to happen with Bronny. It's impossible to know what's happening in the draft. But it's certainly something I'm going to be interested in playing out. You know, now LeBron's, if he opts in, he's got $50 million. If he opts out, I don't know if a team is gonna be able to, you know, well, that's the thing. Like, m- is, he,
1: is he willing to take a mid level exception? Like, eh, I don't need that 50 million. I'll take the whatever the mid level is gonna be well, or taxpayer mid level.
0: Playing with your son could be priceless. Yeah. You know? Well,
1: the other thing about it though is LeBron might play several more years.
0: Of course. Uh, and I, see the games, I, I, I
1: also see the performance.
0: Yes, I think the probability is that LeBron stays a Laker and opts in no matter what happens with where Bronny goes, but I don't know. Let's let's see. So that you know, um typically when you have potential free agencies uh come up, they dominate, you know, NBA discussion. Already we're seeing a fair amount of discussion over Donovan Mitchell, who isn't still has another year in his contract after this year, because if he doesn't extend the Cavs, like Donovan Mitchell has been way more discussed what happens with his future than what happens with Kawhi and Paul George, who didn't extend and could opt out and be free agents, basically what Donovan would be a year from now. So I do think that's one of the potential league-changing things. Now, look, the Clippers are moving into a new arena, the Intuit Dome, at the beginning of next season. They, you know, Steve Ballmer has been hailing this as a game-changing basketball-first venue for years now. He's dreamed of this since he bought the team. Do I think he wants to kick off a rebuild going into that? No, I think he'd like to re-sign those guys, but they didn't extend this year. We don't, you know, like, you know, that was true at the beginning of the season and there is no extensions in place for any of them, at least right now. So, you know, and I think Harden, such as it is to this point, has rebuilt his value to a certain extent. I don't think, again, I don't think anybody's coming with a four-year contract, but, you know, Mike. Well, also,
1: also, there's only so many cap space teams. You know, having said that, money can get, get moved around, sign on trades, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I just, the Clippers are in a really interesting spot because they went all in four years ago now on uh, four and a half, I guess, on the, uh, you know, Paul George trade slash, you know, the, that's the deal that essentially landed them Kawhi Leonard, made the Clippers instant contenders from a, a 42-win team to instant contenders. They haven't been able to break through for a variety of reasons. You know, they added to that by taking another massive swing to get James Harden. Um, to keep that group together, I know Steve Ballmer's pockets are super deep, but you're talking luxury the tax deep, payments. The
0: deepest, the, the deepest. deepest. Yeah. Like luxury tax
1: payments on luxury tax payments. But I just, how do you how do you not? keep a potential contender together as you're opening up this new arena, as you want to put butts in the seats. And I'm talking about the seats in the, the, you know, the seat of the court and those toilet seats that he's so proud about. They've got hundreds (laughs) and hundreds of toilet seats. Somebody's got to, you know, somebody's got to, you know, be able to do their business in those things. Um, And if you strip this thing down, (laughs) it's not like the Clippers are going to, you know, just uh, pack an arena based on tradition. Let's be honest.
0: That's true. True. So those are any anything else you want us around two there Bontemps? or are you' yeah, I
2: got a couple more. I mean okay. I think going up the coast of California, I, I mean this could be the end yes. of the Warriors dynasty. you certainly you've got the Clay Thompson free agency hanging over this team. you've got Steve Kerr's free agency hanging over this team. We, as of now, do not know when or if Draymond Green will be back on the court again, uh, you know, agent reported this week that you know, it seems like 11 to 13 games as a possible return suspension wise, which would mean second or third week of uh, January. So coming up here soon. Um, But let's see what happens when Draymond gets back on the court again, assuming he does. Let's see what happens with Clay. Let's see what happens with Steve Kerr. Obviously the Warriors have been such a huge part of the league for the last decade. Those three guys have played together for all this time. Steve Kerr has been there for going on a decade now. They've been just, an integral part of the league and you know, maybe they're all back next year or maybe a bunch of them aren't and things look dramatically different. Um, but that's obviously to me going to be a very massive story. And I'm in Boston right now and the Celtics have been knocking on the door for years. Yes. Make the Chris S. Borzingas trade, make the Drew holiday trade. In my opinion, have pretty clearly the top six of the best top six in the league yeah, as of right now, have the best record in the league, have looked like pretty clearly the best team in the league. Is this the year they finally get over the top and get to the finals and win a title with this group? Or do they knock on the door again and fail to break through it? And if, if so, what happens then? Because there's really nothing left for this group to do than to win a title and anything short of that is going to be seen as a pretty big disappointment especially, at this point,
0: especially with Jalen Brown's largest contract in the history of the league coming onto the books and mm-hmm. Jason Tatum likely following uh, in the summer of 2024 with Rightly? his own Superman. Yeah. Well,
2: Jason Tatum will be signing a, a five-year Supermax that will be uh, at that I point, always, the largest contract in the history of the league, barring something truly, truly unprecedented happening. Uh, you that
0: know, then. Well, I always couch, couch everything. You never know for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to talk about the NBA renewing their uh, beverage sponsor deal. Just kidding. Uh, McMahon. Listen, we can talk about beverages. (laughs) Uh, You got anything else, McMahon? Uh, We've
1: talked about the Oklahoma City Thunder a lot. I am just fascinated about how aggressive or not Sam Presti will be to use all these assets that he's collected to uh, supplement what looks like the best young core in the NBA. I was talking about Shea Gildas-Alexander, Chet Holmgren, Jalen Williams. So definitely have my eye north of the old Red River. And then um, I am curious to see if the Detroit Pistons will get a win in 2024.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They barely got any in 23. Uh, All right, the other thing I'll say before we go, the New York Knicks, we have been waiting for... Years, I know their fans have. That was
2: the other thing I was going to mention.
0: Will they cash out what they have? How long can they wait? Will they be able to be patient? Do they get an opportunity to to make that massive trade that they've been gearing up to make? I'm sure they're interested too. I'm sure I'm not sure that they probably don't know what the answer is going to be. So there's um, a lot of
2: restlessness in New York City about the Knicks, which I think is insane because they've been a train wreck for most of this century, and they finally are a solid, good quality playoff team. With, you know, made good signings of Julius yeah. Randle and Jalen Brunson. You go to the a...
0: garden and you see a good product most right. nights. It, it's, uh, you would think that people would be happy
2: about that for a minute. But instead, in New York, it's like, all right, all right, all right. Where's the star? Where's the star? Why haven't they got a yeah. star yet? Yeah. And that that pressure is building on this team. And that is definitely going to be something to watch in 2024. Is Do the Knicks find a way to get that player? Does that player come available? And if not, what is the reaction both within the organization and within the city, because there is a lot of antsiness about all right, well, when are they going to take the next step? When are they going to get a guy? When are they going to do this or do that? And
1: you know yeah, I, and, and I would say again. another star because Jalen Brunson has established himself as a star.
2: yes, I agree um, with that
1: too, you know a a a superstar, no, can they get that guy? Man, those Embiid dreams disintegrated. Giannis signed an extension. Things are going off the well, and I don't think Cats a superstar, but things are going off the well in Minnesota. You know, we'll see how that, how that plays out. Is Donovan Mitchell fit? You know, That is going to be a, a fascinating thing to, uh, to follow.
0: Uh, all right, and of course, the unknown. We don't even know what we don't know, and that's uh, why we follow the NBA, and we talk about it here on the Hoop Collective. Thank you for listening throughout 2023. We look forward to talking to you throughout 2024 our first live show in 23 will there be one in 24 i don't know i think so all right thank you jackson our producer for everything over this last year thanks to Bontemps. temps thanks to mcmahon and of course thanks to you guys for listening we'll talk to you soon
1: adios amigos